Hey, Michael, check it out. Oh, got you some wow. new armor. That is really shiny, dude. Yep, yep. Got a really, really good deal on it, too. Place that was selling it, I actually don't think they meant to sell it. I think they were just putting price tags on stuff and accidentally stuck it on these, but that's okay because it had a tag. I bought it. Got the heck out of there. I'm not going back. Here you go. That seems really irresponsible. Why would they have it and not mean to sell it? I don't know. Don't care. Hours now. Oh, okay. Uh, what place is this? At some store called Kabam. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard of them. Enjoy your stay. I suggest a new strategy. You really belong here with us, Fun Club. Don't get excited. Welcome, scoundrels, to Cloud City Casino. Uh, we're back with you again this week and got a lot of news to cover, especially coming out of San Diego Comic-Con, but I'm not going to hold you up too long. I, of course, am your host and the administrator of this facility, Michael Morris, and with me, as always, Nathan P. Butler. Hey, everybody. Yeah, we got San Diego Comic-Con happening, actually, as we're recording this, and we had Star Wars Celebration Europe recently, so lots of little tidbits of news. Awesome, man. So, you know, I guess uh, we're running short on time, so we'll just jump into things. What's what's the first thing you got, man? Well, let's see. We are coming up for Legends fans, uh, myself included, though I don't play this particular game anymore. We are coming up on the fifth anniversary, believe it or not, in December of Star Wars The Old Republic from Bioware, one of the few instances in which the Legends continuity is still growing, and it is getting a new expansion. Uh, they have a new one coming out called Knights of the Eternal Throne that is supposed to hit this fall and sort of commemorate that five-year mark, a digital release uh, of another expansion. That is insane. I, I can't believe it's been five years already. I know. I remember at the time we were like, wait, what is this? There's another emperor? What? what it? Revan shows up in one of these little parts. What? Are, what? <laughs> but now it's just sort of, yeah. Yeah, that's the game. That's its era. And oddly enough, it's the one era that's being allowed to continue growing. BioWare didn't get the same stop, cease and desist type of orders that all the other publishing lines and such did before the reboot. So uh, fans of Legends, Legends is continuing. Yep. Just not very much. <laughs> just just only in this one section. And I mean, that's great. Uh, I think it's one of those things where... You know, the game, I've tried it, I've played it some, I've just never been really big into it. Um, but for people who do love it, I'm, I'm glad that it's there for them, you know? Yeah, it's a, nice, it's a nice story. I mean, it's a really fun game. It's just one of those things where it's a PC game, so it's sort of a niche crowd. You don't have the multi-platinum, multi-platinum, excuse me, multi-platform, that's what I mean. <laughs> you don't have the multi-platform draw of something like a battlefront and such and yet it's still got a very large following it had books and comics associated with it so it's it's nice to see that it's still growing strong and it's bioware so their storytelling is pretty strong as well it's not like battlefront in that it's essentially just you know playing an authentic scenario that has no tale behind it this really is expanding the legends mythos as it continues and hopefully someday we'll figure out how this era ends so it makes sense to lead into the next major era about a thousand some odd years later. But that's just the chronology enthusiast in me talking. Yeah, that's... I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> I don't yeah, know probably, if they're going mean, to be able to... just end and they'll be like, yeah, and then it changed. Like, oh. Right. Because, I mean, that's, that's a thousand years. I mean, think about what's happened on Earth in a thousand years period. Well, they just... Just something that wraps up this era so it makes sense for, yeah. you know, the rule... Or not the rule of two, but for a Darth Ruin slash Fannius and all that to start up a new Sith Order that has nothing to do with the Sith Empire and all that stuff. I mean, something that would basically make this be old news so a new Sith Rising mm -hmm. would be an all new new thing instead of being somehow tied to this because all the previous sith stuff all the way back to like tales of the jedi and such all sort of culminate and, and interweave with this whereas all that stuff later is sort of its own entity so to see how there's a clean break between those eras or how one influences the other would be a nice thing eventually but that's that's probably asking for too much given that i doubt we'll be seeing any legends guidebooks in the future which would probably be where they'd try to retcon that sort of thing oh yeah yeah um, not to get too far into that, uh, that little rabbit hole, but yeah, it's, 
we may eventually get something uh, for it, but I don't know that, like you said, a, a guidebook will be that. I think if they ever do decide to do any sort of legend stuff, it's most likely going to be like comics or uh, ebooks or, or potentially a, a limited number of actual novels. So. Yeah, and that's a whole other thing. Yeah, we don't have time for all that. We don't have time for that. <laughs> um, so speaking of video games, yeah. I guess we have news on another couple of them with some of the biggest well-known news coming out for Battlefront. So during Celebration, they had a few different things announced for Battlefront. We found out that in September, that is when we will get the Death Star expansion. We already knew the name of that, and they confirmed the heroes as Chewbacca, which we'd speculated before, and Bosk, and we found out that it's going to have some space combat, seem to be somewhat fighter squadron combat oriented, that we're going to wind up seeing some new hero ships, though they didn't announce which ones they were, and then we have that last DLC, which in a recent press release they had moved to December, so we had speculated probably something relating to Rogue One. Sure enough, it is Rogue One Scarif, and we're going to have Krennic, and Jen Urso as the two heroes, apparently. But we haven't heard anything more as far as, as details on that particular bit of paid DLC. We were also informed of a game update that actually happened just yesterday as of the time we're recording this on July 21st, which brought with it a new single-player mode, or co-op mode, you can do it either way, called Skirmish, which is basically... Uh, Walker Assault or Fighter Squadron played with one human player or two, either through online or local co-op, playing against teams and the rest of their team being made up of bots, AI characters basically, um, to give you some more things that you could play as if you're playing offline, particularly if you want to play next to someone on the couch or something, playing co-op. Um, and we also have a new hut contract that was just added to bring a new weapon called the Stinger. And the schedule has been released for other upcoming events on August 21st, or excuse me, August 19th through 21st. There'll be an open trial for Bespin, so if you don't own it, you'll be able to play it. August 30th, we should be getting a new HUT contract, though the name hasn't been released. There'll be another Bespin open trial September 12th through 18th. And then, presumably, we'll be getting Death Star sometime in the first two weeks or so of September... Because then once it's released to everybody, we have a Death Star double score weekend that they've scheduled September 23rd through 25th. So we got a lot of new information coming from Death Star, but as far as new content so far, all we've gotten is the new HUT contract uh, and that skirmish mode. Though, again, free updates are always nice. Right, yeah, that's that's a lot to unpack. Um, so let's, let's kind of go through that here. Now, essentially, that's two HUT contracts that are going to be... So if you've yet to buy uh, any of the DLC, those two HUT contracts that are coming, both of those will uh, be free, essentially? I'm assuming the second one's going to be free based on the way that they've listed it on the schedule as apart from DLC. Mm -hmm. I know... The, the one that they just made available on the 21st is one that's available to everyone. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's great. Uh, at least they're still pumping out uh, free content for everyone to essentially say, here is the whole game, you know, that they're uh, still doing that. Because I, I feel like that, I feel like they, they do still definitely need to, to be doing a lot on that front. So that's good to hear. Uh, yeah, and the skirmish mode thing is... I haven't had a chance to try it out myself. My plan was actually to live stream it today, pick up the hut contract, and check out Skirmish. All I've really checked out is the menus for it so far. But I don't know. I'm a little bit torn on Skirmish because I think of people like Mark. Uh, Mark Herleman, right. most folks know from Star Wars Beyond the Films. Uh, I think of people like Mark, and he loves the idea of playing next to his child or one of his children. And they could play co-op together, and now they could play something beyond just the survival mode or the battles or hero battles they could play walker assault and fighter squadron which is pretty cool but then i think of someone like me which i guess is more of the typical gamer i'm sitting there by myself playing i'm tending to play online i care about leveling up because i want to get access to more stuff and usually the first the the single player and co-op content has no XP being gained when you're playing, because people could exploit it, and usually is only giving you a very limited amount of credits, usually from achieving something that you can only achieve and get credits for once, and in the future, 
on subsequent replays, you're not getting the credits out of doing those same things again. So there's a part of me that says, this is cool. They've retooled some modes to make it available for those who want that type of thing. But for a player like me, it's kind of like a, oh, there's probably no XP involved in this. Screw it. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's, it's really going to depend on what type of player you are, whether the skirmish mode matters. Right, right. And I mean... Like I said, I I won't really benefit from this either, but it's, it's it's cool that they added it. I just kind of wonder if maybe um, there couldn't be more to go as far as getting close to or getting sort of back to that old Battlefront feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, what got me about this one, I mean, I, I again, free content, free update, all good, right? Unless it's free and it breaks something, then free content is good. Uh, I do think it was funny that when they announced this, it was a, we've listened to the community, and here's some single-player stuff. And I think most people are sitting back going, that's not exactly what we meant when we said we wanted some single-player stuff, because we've been wanting, like, campaigns and stuff with story. But, okay, fine, right. we'll take it, you know? Um, there, There's a point at which I wonder it, 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 if the criticism EA is getting with this, though is off base because there's a lot of people saying well they just didn't they just don't get it even i was thinking initially they just don't get it well yeah but they did say that they've listened for battlefront 2 which makes it sound like that one's going to have a story and it's not like you can really shoehorn a story in with a free update to this battlefront that'd be a lot more logistically challenging than just a free update so i'm wondering if we're just kind of (laughs) they just don't listen when really it's a they're listening as best as they can and doing what they can with this game. Just wait for the next one for them to really substantially show that they listened, you know? Like, like maybe we're being unfair by being concerned about this being, oh, it's single player, but it's not what we wanted. Well, I mean, I can see both sides, you know? I, I think that I, I definitely agree where it's just like, okay, let it go. Obviously, we're... Uh, you know, this this game has been out for how many months now? Like, let's see, uh, probably like eight or nine months now. And it's like, just let it go. You know, it, you're, you're beating the same dead horse that you were beating a year ago. Um, but the other part is like, well, but if you've invested money in this game and you're like, all right, when are you going to make good? Then there's kind of that aspect too. So I, I see it a little bit further. Yeah, and again, it's going to depend on you know what type of player you are, what do you want out of this, and I think in a lot of cases, it's really kind of like the whole thing with, uh, kind of as as a side example, had a, a couple of guys on the Star Wars Timeline Golds page on Facebook, and we were talking about looking ahead and whether Legends should continue, and when should it continue, and how if it does, because I'm definitely a proponent of the idea that Legends should continue, I just don't necessarily associate with the broader group because they've got there's some extreme issues on either side of that one, um, and it was just uh, well they're putting out books they should just put out more and some of the other ones they put out should be legends I'm like that's not really the how the logistics of the publishing uh, <laughs> right. uh, business work there's there's this that's involved there's this level of planning there's this kind of financial overhead and I think those who have a better grasp of that have a better sense of yeah. It makes sense they're not doing it right now, but maybe we can show them that it's financially viable in the future, and then that might convince them to do it and that sort of thing. Sort of understanding the business side of it, whereas I think in this case it's kind of the same thing. Those who are really annoyed that Skirmish isn't somehow story missions, I'm not sure they're really getting the business side or the you know, how games are developed side of the issue is just sort of that instant gratification. We want it, we want it now, you didn't give it to us, you suck type of mindset. Right, right. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that pretty much um, sums it up completely. So the Death Star stuff, you know, we, we had kind of assumed Chewie was coming, which I think was pretty obvious. Uh, of course, uh, Bosk is one that's like, yeah, it was, it's a strong contender. I think uh, it was pretty much, okay, are we going to get Bosk or are we going to get IG-88? Bosk probably makes a little bit more sense uh, since he would have a little more uh, human esque uh, uh, movement, I guess, than, uh, as opposed to IG-88. Um, but of course, you know, the big thing that we were wondering about is how they're going to do with having a much taller character, because of course, um, in, in a lot of shooter style games, having a taller character can really be a detriment to you. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they make up for that. I, I guess obviously they'll probably give us uh, a bigger health pool 
but you know, it's I, I think I think that uh, really looking at it, Chewie and and Bosk are they're going to be good to sort of juxtapose against one another, um, and and this could be really fun. Uh, I guess uh, Chewie's bowcaster is going to be pretty awesome. <laughs> I like this gun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's an unusual choice to do Bosk with this. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. He's another bounty hunter character that they can throw in. It makes sense thematically, I guess, with Chewie and that he's a Wookiee. Trandoshans hate Wookiees, blah, 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 that sort of thing. But I'm, I'm sort of sitting back scratching my head about why Chewie and Bosk for the Death Star. Because thematically it made sense, right, when we got the Sullust maps back in Outer Rim, that's when Nine Numb came in. And then here's just sort of Greedo because there's your Jabba the Hut maps as well, and that makes sense. Uh, the Tatooine maps. And then, of course, we had Bespin, and they introduce uh, Lando. And alongside Lando, you got Dengar, which makes sense, you know, Empire Strikes Back and everything. But I'm not seeing how Bosk necessarily fits in with the idea of the Death Star thematically. Oh, and yeah, that Chewie, I totally agree. It's just sort of a, well, Chewie was in the movie and was on the Death Star for a <laughs> while. Um, I think it's stretching it thematically, but I think the pairing is actually a pretty cool thematic pairing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I agree 100%. Yeah, the, as far as being like, it's Death Star, so of course you're going to get Chewbacca and Bosk. You're like, wait, what? What? <laughs> now, what about the elephant in the room on this, which is the, they were telling us no space combat to be sort of more in line with, you know, The Force Awakens, where it's pretty much all within atmosphere, and so far it's been in atmosphere, and yet it appears we're getting space combat do you think this was a re a reaction to fans clamoring for it or yes. something that was always on the drawing board and they just didn't want to say space combat was coming because they wanted to focus on atmospheric to start with no i, I totally think this was them uh trying to to basically uh backtrack and and give something that the fans were really uh really clamoring for because they were so adamant you know i think that if they would have said, hey, you know, initially we're, we're not going to do that, that would be one thing. But they're like, no, there's not going to be any space combat. There's not going to be any space combat. And then all of a sudden it's like, just kidding, here you go. So, And it's not even just regular space combat, right? Because we got trench runs built into it. And that, you know, that's something that I'm super excited about because that was one thing I was saying about. I'm like, you know... The space combat stuff or the, the fighter squadron is something that starts out, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of fun. And then I'm like, I'm done with this. And it's because essentially, what's your goal? Blow stuff up. You know what I mean? There's no objective. So I think something like doing sort of a walker assault of fighter squadron could be fun. So that that is very promising to me. I could see myself playing this a lot. Cool. Yeah, this this will be a fun one to get into. I'm kind of curious whether they're going to bump us up to a level cap of 80 or beyond and exactly how that's going to work. And I guess I should note here, um, before we hit anything about the Rogue One one briefly, is that along with introducing Skirmish and introducing that hut contract, they did do a lot of balance changes. So if you're curious about those, check out the uh, StarWars.EA.com uh, website, right go to the Battlefront section to the forums, and there's a game updates forum, and you can see all the specific patch notes of what they did. Basically, the most the most notable things you're going to see are they've buffed Lando and Dengar just a tiny bit. They fixed quite a few bugs. And what was the other big thing? Um, oh, um, it's not going to be as easy to shoot down a cloud car with a regular blaster anymore. But otherwise, it's all just little tweaks okay. here and there that they made. But all those little improvements are also part of these these game updates when we talk about, hey, they added this. Well, they added it, but they've also been doing all kinds of structural stuff in the background to make it work better. Right, which is the main thing. I mean, that I, I feel like that um, when that's done... That they that it's not really given enough credit, you know, because that that's the thing is that, uh, you know, the games can constantly break and have those issues and stuff, and and of course, you know, we always give them, uh, kind of give them hell about it when it happens, but they have been pretty good, uh, to to be doing what they're doing as far as fixing patches, adding new stuff, and then getting the DLC out, you know, I mean, they're, I, I got to imagine they are kind of just running around with little pails of water trying to put out tiny fires all over mm -hmm. the place, you know? Yeah, that's, that's how I always imagined when I was playing Defiance and uh, Destiny, which I finally deleted, by the way, I'm not going forward with Destiny anymore. <laughs> um, 
that was sort of the way that I felt like the teams were having to do in each case because they do a big update and hey here's all this cool new stuff oh crap we just broke something and there'd be a lot of stuff that they would have to fix in the background um, I guess the last thing to hit with this before we move on to uh, Uprising the last of the video game topics is Rogue One Scarif not only do we have a new planet name now Scarif we're apparently going to be getting a Rogue One planet Rogue One characters they didn't give a lot of details but I for one even though this seemed like it was a given when they announced the last DLC would be December um, I'm psyched. I think it's because of seeing more stuff, except not a teaser trailer, <laughs> um, for Rogue One in the, uh, the the live coverage from Celebration Europe. I think that has me excited for that DLC of Battlefront. I'm much more excited for the last DLC than I am for Death Star at this point, just because it's thematically Rogue One. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. I, I Honestly, I think I'm more excited for Death Star currently, just because I've... I guess I can actually see, ooh, okay, this is going to be this or that or whatever, instead of just being like, and we're going to get Jyn Erso. And it's like, okay, I mean, that's cool. Does that mean that we're going to go around hitting stormtroopers with batons? I mean, that would be cool. I just don't know. And because I don't know, I can't get excited right now. So I'm sure probably closer to time I'm going to be ecstatic about it. But right now I'm just like, what you got? I want there to be an emote where she has, like, the stick with a Stormtrooper helmet on the top, and she's like, it is Stormtrooper on the stick. <laughs> I don't Sorry, I've been watching a little too much Jeff Dunham recently. <laughs> um, all right, so the other game that got a substantial update recently is one that's kind of fallen off the radar for a lot of people, and that is Uprising. They did patch 3.0 for the mobile game Star Wars Uprising, the one that actually has a story that fits within canon, you know, Governor Adelard locking down the system and... And all that stuff. And they've added a lot of stuff and tweaked little things here and there. Um, there are some missions now where when you die, you just die. Uh, that may even be all of them, even the lower level ones. Uh, used to be that if you died, you could pay like 60 chromium, which is the crystals you get with real money. Uh, or by doing certain higher level things. Um, now you just die and restart. So you're not spending that. But it also means you really need to be ready for a level before you dive into it. Um, they've added some new uh, gear and, and whatnot. They've tweaked the crew runs so that now you can automatically fill a crew run with the most appropriate crew members without having to do it manually. Um, they've made it easier to manage your inventory, especially you know upgrading crystals and whatnot, which is nice. Um, they've added Lando, who you can now go to for another daily mission. So you can do your assault missions, which is now 10 available instead of 5. You can do your daily credit missions on each location. You can do your uh, a cartel mission, which is for your clan, basically. You can do your daily opportunity, and now you can also do a mission for Lando. Uh, and most importantly, they have introduced raids now. So for high-end, sort of end-game content players, as long as you are player rating 6,000 or above, you can do a raid. There are normal, heroic, and epic level raids. Uh, the minimum rating for normal is 6,000 player rating, uh, the normal le- the or minimum level for heroic is fourteen thousand. The minimum level for epic is eighteen thousand five hundred. And basically, these raids seem to reset on about a weekly basis. And you'll jump into it, and there's a first mission to go on. And the first mission can only be played once per day. Um, and of course, they do the daily reset at about eight Eastern at this point. Um, So you go in, you play the first one, and it gives you basically 20 of a currency, because like this game needs more stuff to keep track of, right? (laughs) Um, 20 of a currency that's labeled either Roman numeral 1, 2, or 3 for which tier of raid you're doing. So the lowest level is 1, for instance. And then you go to the next mission on this sort of branching map of missions, and you play that one. And it'll cost you either 5 or 10 of those 20 points you just got. And usually then... Those missions have to be played once, twice, or three times, costing each time, in order to unlock the next part of the branching path. And you keep doing that until you reach an end path marked with a question mark that gives you a guaranteed reward. Every once in a while, you'll get a random uh, bonus mission unlocked that's only available for 10 minutes, but can be run as many times as you want within that 10 minutes. I tended to average three times through when I was doing that. And it's basically just a way to play higher-level content with higher-level rewards, um, and you know, kind of beef yourself up as you go along. And if you eventually get to the point where you're playing the really high-level raids, um, 
then they've made new higher level gear available. They've already, right now there's the differentiation between tier one and tier two. Tier two is better. It's the stuff with the orange background that they introduced when they did the 2.0 update. Um, but then when you get gear, it's either one star through seven stars. And a piece of gear might be able to be moved from four stars to five stars or six stars to seven stars, depending on what type of gear it is. Um, but in general, the higher the stars, the higher level the gear, the more you can level it up, the stronger you can get. Um, well, they had capped out at seven being the highest star level that you could possibly get prior to now. Now, when you're doing the raids, you have the opportunity on the highest level raids to get eight and nine star tier two gear, which basically is super powerful gear compared to everything else that's been available thus far. Um, so they've really kind of beefed it up. It's a, an experience that is going to let people who had gotten kind of bored with it, who had played for a long time, leveled up to the max to the point where you're just like, okay, now what do I do to finally have something new to do? Not just the Lando missions and more assault missions each time, but finally being able to dive into these raids and play tougher content. They've also taken a lot of older missions and added new boss battles instead of it just being a huge horde at the end. It's one enemy that's tougher. So, by and large, they've made some very substantial improvements to Uprising to make it a stronger game um, with 3.0. But is it worth me coming back to? Uh, it depends on where you were. It depends <laughs> on what level you were on and when you came back. I'll tell you, I had walked away. Mm -hmm. I had pretty much walked away. Um, and then... I happened to be on when they did something that apparently they didn't mean to do. I thought they were just being awesome. <laughs> okay. Apparently they just screwed up. <laughs> we just flat out <laughs> just screwed flat out up. up. <laughs> so, okay, the chromium that you get, right, which is the stuff that you can use to buy higher level things that generally you have to get for real money. You can buy, for instance, um, 945 chromium for, I guess it's like 30 bucks. Okay. Right, uh, which is quite a bit, or um, sixteen hundred for uh, fifty bucks. It's a, it's a lot of cash, like real cash to be spending here. Or you can do like me, spend three dollars, and what it'll do is it'll give you forty chromium each day as long as you log in each day for thirty days. So it's twelve hundred chromium, which should cost you like forty bucks or something. Mm -hmm. That you're actually getting for three bucks but it requires you to log in each day and make sure you're going back to the game. So I had done that for several months. I had a lot of Chromium. <laughs> and all of a sudden, an offer pops up that they did not mean to offer, apparently, at least not to everyone, that was basically, here's... like When you're carrying your loadout, uh, you've got five pieces of armor and a weapon, right? It's, here's all five pieces of armor as seven-star with matching elemental... Um, especially a damage modifier kind of thing. Okay. Um, so a matching set of saboteur armor, they call it. And by the way, here's 27 star upgrade materials that you can use to crank up your levels with it as long as you've got the cash. <laughs> so I had enough chromium to do that. I basically spent $3 worth, right? 1200 one month of 40 a day. And got that and was able to jump from player rating of about uh, 10,000, 11,000-ish to about fifteen or 16,000 now. So I can do two different tiers of raids, can finally finish the Jedi and Dark Side storylines, which I haven't finished yet, but can, and do higher level missions and such, and worry less about grinding and more about having fun with the game. It was, it was enough to get me stoked to continue playing, and I've been playing since then. But apparently they didn't mean to do it. They put up a little message. Uh, oh, I, I deleted the message. The message is basically something like, um, um, we realized that we made an offer of armor that is supposed to only go to certain players. It went out to everyone. We eventually pulled it as soon as they realized that they pulled it off. But then we realized that was unfair, so we're making it available again for another 24 hours, um, letting everybody know that. So if you had the Chromium at the time or wanted to drop you know, a substantial amount of real cash to be able to do it, it's a massive 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 boost to anybody who wasn't already way up there in terms of of player level they haven't really added new missions beyond the raids and the lando stuff uh like there's no new story content going forward yet but they've sort of revitalized it for a lot of us who were sitting there we'd sign on and be like eh, never mind now we actually have more stuff to do because they screwed up if only they had screwed up like that more often 
right. more people would probably still be diving into it on a regular basis. But uh, yeah, their screw up was my gain apparently. Right, and that I don't know. That's the thing with Kabam. Like, I don't want to just fully destroy them because I do think that when I first started playing the game, I was like, "Wow, this game seems to have a lot of a, a lot going for it." Um, it just got so repetitive, and it, it even felt like at some points, it's like, okay, this can either be too easy or too difficult. Well, I'll tell you, tell you what I'm doing now. I finish the storyline for the newest act, right? You defeat Commander Bragg, the, the leader of the Purge Troopers. You know what your next task is before anything else unlocks? What's that? Push back against the Empire. Run 100 assault missions to drive back the Iron Blockade. It's literally grind out a hundred missions before yeah. you can do anything else. That's it. Yeah, that that's the problem. They they really need to understand that grinding like that, just so mindlessly, is is not fun. I I know there are some people who do that. They're like, "Well, I love World of Warcraft. Let's go. Let's do this." But I'm not that person. Uh, so me to me, I'm like, "Oh, well, I guess I'm not doing this <laughs> because that's just." It's like no, it, there's nothing. Nothing benefits me. It's just just over and over, and that was that was one of the things where I actually did kind of. This was probably where I'd gotten too much too quick. Uh, was back. Do you remember when they were doing the whole thing where you could get the droids? You just have to do a certain mm-hmm. uh, certain thing, a certain amount of grinding or whatever, and you were going to get a droid guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, and and there was the one where, I mean, essentially it came to you need to do you needed to do. Um, a certain number of missions. I think it was like a hundred assault missions or something like that. Yeah, it was something crazy, like a hundred or two hundred of a certain type of mission. Right, and someone actually even did the math on it, and they said, okay, essentially, and they they even like contacted Kabam about this. Like a lot of people were complaining to Kabam, and they said, look, essentially, what it comes out to is that this is going to be about, uh, I think it was somewhere between four and six hours of my life trying to do these missions to where I'm, I'm not doing anything at all. And they're like, well, you know, like that's why it's called a challenge. We wanted to make it challenging. And they're like, that's not challenging. You know, you, that's time burgerly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's something we've talked about with the hut contracts on, on battlefront and battlefronts progression as well, that repetitively doing the same thing isn't a challenge. A challenge is when you present something that actually needs to be addressed in some kind yeah. of intuitive way, or it's more difficult than things that have been done before, so you have to be a little more careful with it. Doing something repeatedly isn't a challenge mm-hmm. if the base thing that you're doing is pretty easy to handle. It's just... It, it's You're challenging our stamina yeah. rather than our gameplay. <laughs> yeah, you're challenging my patience. Or our patience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's just it's one of those things where I think I think Kabam has something really really cool on their hands. They just need to figure out how to do that. And and I even wonder if that's not the problem with with gaming today as a whole. That if essentially this were if Kabam were to basically make a game or to make this game and, and it says okay, here is a logical beginning and ending for this game and you're going to sell it for x price and people are going to buy the game play it through and they're done i wonder if we would be having these issues or i wonder if kabam would have instead produced a really awesome game very true reminds me of the uh, the dead space mobile game that was, that was fantastic so i guess let's move over to fantasy flight games you think sounds good buddy all right. Uh, I've been cataloging news while he's been, you know, actually working. That's <laughs> why I've got the news here. Um, so we have uh, one new release I don't think I've mentioned previously um, for these LCG, the Star Wars the Card Game, Living Card Game. Uh, I guess sort of two releases. We have recently seen the last of the indoor cycle get released. So that was, of course, the cycle that introduced the mission cards that were kind of like objectives. So right. that cycle is over. They're ready to start the new one soon. And uh, probably more exciting for me, because I love these things, they have recently released an official Star Wars LCG playmat. And this isn't like those old ones that, like, they had the First Order Stormtrooper or Kylo Ren ones, where it just looked like, you know, any kind of rubber mat, and it was really only for your side of the table and had no places marked to put anything. This is a full-size playmat for both players that have the locations marked for here's where your objective deck goes, here's where your units go, and so forth. Um, So you can play on that deck. And me... Whether I'm playing Ascension, which comes with a board, 
or uh, Marvel Legendary, which comes with its own larger playmat, or playing something like the DC deck-building games, for which I picked up a couple of playmats. I like playing on a place like that, so I'm able to make sure that everything is where it needs to go. It's a little more thematic, and I don't know, for some reason it just feels cooler to me and more <laughs> substantial um, than just playing on a regular table, although that'll do in a pinch, so to speak. And I, I've been hoping that someday they'd do an LCG playmat that was a real, honest-to-goodness, spaces-marked-and-everything playmat, and... It's taken them a long time, but they've finally done it, and it's it's pretty sweet. I I really like the thing. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the uh, back in the day, and I guess it's just because I have Pokemon on the mind lately, but it reminds me of the uh, Pokemon card game back in the day where I'd have to unfold the big mat, and it would have all the little places for your cards and stuff. Exactly! You need a place <laughs> to put your stuff and nowhere to put it. And, and these are nice quality. These are the same like rubber uh, mat, like that thin rubber mat that's very durable that they use to make the x-wing play mats out of so it's it's a substantial little piece here the downside being that you're paying for that quality because i want to say gosh i'd have to go back and look and see what it wound up costing i think with shipping it wound up running about 50 bucks okay give or take but i bought it straight from fantasy flights website because it hadn't shown up in the roster of places like miniature market yet right right yeah, the, I mean those can get expensive. That's it's about forty bucks, you know, prior to shipping, um, which is why it helps to go to like a, a local store or something if you can. But it's about forty dollars to get one of their X-wing play mats, um, which I mean you can use it for Armada too. But you know those go about forty dollars, and and a lot of people have I say a lot of people, but there's been people who are like, oh my god, that's a ripoff for a play mat, forty dollars. Like hold on, it's essentially a giant mouse pad, and you think. For a, a a small mouse pad, like what's that going to run you? Like around ten bucks. So then you you basically say, all right, take four mouse pads, throw them down side by side. Is that you know there's forty dollars? Is it going to be anywhere close to that size? No, not not even half. So I'm like, it's no. yeah, it's good for what you're getting. I, it it definitely you know it costs, but is it a, a rip off? No, not at all. <laughs> Come on, son. Understand the cost. Don't you know anything about rubber? Apparently your mama didn't either. Anyway. Whoa. Uh, (laughs) 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 Dang. Zing. (laughs) Wow, yeah. Um, Okay, so moving beyond card games. Uh uh, Miniatures games. We have some uh, news coming out, actually, of all three of them coming out of Fantasy Flight games. We have X-Wing Wave 9 which, of course, is the ARC-170, the Special Forces First Order TIE Fighter, uh, the Protectorate Starfighter, and the Shadowcaster, which uh, is sort of making up this next wave that's sort of split between the different factions, which is nice. Um, We've talked about them in some depth before, but they are apparently on the boat, so as far as Fantasy Flight Games goes. So how long does it usually take from an on-the-boat notification to when it actually does show up in stores, because I know that at times it's felt like a very long time, but since they've come under, I don't know if it's new ownership or somebody else is handling the um, the actual product distribution or what, right. it seems like they've been moving a little faster lately. Um, I, th- I think it's just kind of a, a combination of, of a few different things with them, but I, I want to say that it, it could get up to two months being the absolute longest, but... I believe on the boat is pretty much two weeks to a month. Uh, unfortunately, I've I've had to I've not been as uh, into being able to pay attention to a lot of of this stuff here recently. So I haven't checked. I, I probably could find that information, but unfortunately, I mm. don't have the time, and it's not it doesn't make for good radio to do it right now. Um, right. So it so you would assume that this is probably not a Gen Con thing because Gen Con is like a week or so from now. I think I think it's very possible that because this this happens where Gen Con will have access to it, but that doesn't mean it's going to come out everywhere. Um, right. they, they've definitely done that before. Uh, I, I remember when the uh, the Rebel Aces pack um, people that went to Gen Con were able to pick that up at Gen Con, and I was like, "Whoa, where did you get that?" And they're like, "Yeah, I was out at Gen Con." I'm like, "Oh, cool. hey, get it at Gen Con. Thank right. you very much." Um, all right, so time is pressing on us. Uh, Imperial Assault. We saw the release of that new wave that was basically just three 
ally or villain packs that were not tied into some bigger expansion replacing a token this time. These were original items. We had uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Grand Inquisitor, and Greedo finally released. And I love the fact that Greedo's miniature has him still in the process of pulling out his blaster. Yes, that is is perfect. That is the best. And I actually brought it up when I was playing Imperial Assault uh, about a week or so ago. I brought it up when everybody was talking about it, and they're like, yeah, that is great. (laughs) So, So lots of people love that sculpt. I know we talked about that quite a bit before, so I guess we can move on to what is basically the last of these. And this one took me by surprise. I actually ran across this right before we sat down to record tonight. Armada is getting a new expansion. Armada hasn't had a lot of new releases, and they've just got some very small waves of two ships each or two products each that are coming soon that still haven't been released yet. But they have what's called a campaign expansion coming out called the Corellian Conflict. What's different about this is there aren't any miniatures in it. The Corellian Conflict is basically a campaign that you can play with Armada that apparently uses the core set ships and uses the Rebel Starfighter Squadrons and Imperial Fighter Squadron expansion packs. And essentially it's, it's a multi-battle sequence that lets you play a campaign similar in some respects to what we get with the, um, the larger campaigns with X-Wing, or with uh, the campaign mode in Imperial Assault, something that Armada hasn't really had in a large scale. Uh, it's it's interesting, and I think it looks really cool. I definitely want to check it out, want to play it. But that really sort of knocked me on my butt, the idea that there's a, an expansion coming that it even includes Sienna Ree from Lost Stars. Yes, that, um, that gets me excited that, for it. <laughs> I mean, we got an expansion coming for Armada, but there isn't a single miniature in the box. Right, right. It's like, hey, are you excited about... Uh, this new Armada expansion, there's there's no miniatures in it. Oh, now we're early. Well, it, there's a character from one of your favorite books in it. Okay, yeah, I am a little bit. That's, all right, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for me, this is great because I really like story-driven gameplay. So give me something like this, and I'm much more likely to jump into Armada than jumping into X-Wing. And when I play X-Wing, a buddy of mine came down a while back. Um, from Indiana, and we worked our way through a chunk of one of the campaigns because that just, to me, that feels more fun. I think that's why I'm really mm-hmm. liking the legendary uh, deck building game more so than Ascension in DC because it has sort of story built into how each individual game works. Um, but I know that when it comes to, for instance, Imperial Assault, I dig the co- the campaign mode. You're more of a skirmish mode guy. So is this something? Is the idea of a campaign for Armada something that appeals to you as much as it would to me? Or for you, is this just a, well, it's just another mode? Um, for Armada, you know, I think it's I think it's at least a good idea to try it. What this sounds like to me is them saying, all right, let's see if Armada can live more as a campaign-style thing as opposed to a head-to-head skirmish. Um because it's it's no big secret that Armada is the one that's performing um, the poorest out of all of their properties. Um, and on top of that, you know, I, I think it's it's probably goes somewhere between the LCG and, and Armada. Uh, the difference is, I would imagine, like we talked about earlier, a little uh, economics lesson, there's a lot more overhead that goes into Armada than what goes into the card game, you know? Um there's a lot more with sculpting, painting, uh, the actual product itself. They have to spend a lot more money and, uh, you know, exhaust a lot more resources in order to put out an expansion of Armada as opposed to uh, an expansion of the card game. So I think this is them really trying to say, hey, let's do something that's not uh, extreme because we're, we're testing it. Um, but let's see how this goes and, and maybe we can find new life for this game. So I think it's great and I could definitely see some of the, um, you know, the guys that I play with saying, Hey, here, you know, this is a new thing. Let's, let's get together and and let's play this campaign because a lot of times they'll do that. Um, I can't, I can't quite remember the, the name of this one campaign scenario, uh, that a, a few of them were playing there for a while where essentially what you did was it was with X-Wing and you would start out as a generic, uh, you could be a a Hawk pilot, you could be a B-Wing pilot, you could be an X-Wing pilot, and you could be a Y-Wing pilot. And what happened was you level up as you go. So um, you kind of have, you have sort of a a game master of sorts who would uh, have 
have some of the Imperial ships come out and you would have an objective that you'd have to do and you'd have to try to, to work together as a team to take down um, these Imperial ships. But like I said, of course, you only have your one ship. And as, as you get more experience in it and stuff awarded, you can then choose to build up your character or, or your ship however you like. And and by the end, you have a, a ship that's like way more powerful. You know, it's essentially it goes from uh, one of the weaker ships in in like a skirmish type setting to being like way overpowered for anything that could ever fit into a, a skirmish setting. But because of all the stuff that you're facing and everything, it it, uh, it, it evens it out for the actual uh, scenario. So I think stuff like that's great. And, and then if you have people who are uh, enthusiastic about actual gaming, that that really could uh, do a lot. Because, because what it could potentially do is people who have bought this game in the past and just sort of let it sit in their closets or something like that, that they'll pull it back out and, and potentially uh, get back into the game mm-hmm. if they find something new for it, uh, you know, a new purpose with it. Yep. So see, see, you need more stuff like this. It's less overhead and yet all kinds of cool new stuff you can play with one of the existing games. Now I'm just waiting for an official expansion that gives us a crossover campaign between all three miniatures games. Dang it. <laughs> I want that so bad. Yeah. Um, but that, I guess, is neither here nor there. That's just my... My my fandom dream, um, but I guess that wraps up the news. It's been a uh, a quick episode, I guess, yeah. in, in the grand scheme of things here, but also a very busy recent time. So news wins the day in this case. Um, I think we're set. Yeah. So I, th- I think what we'll do is just to uh, try and give back since we're like we're having to cut out early. Is I'll go ahead and add on the first of the uh, the little audio dramas or the uh, yeah the audio dramas from the. Um, the Dark Forces novels. I'll just go ahead and tack that on the end here. But uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that just to kind of make up for some time. And I, I think those are pretty good. Did you ever listen to those? Yeah. Yeah, so that uh, that should be fun. We'll see how it goes. Uh, if you like that, then go ahead and uh, hit us up at cloudcitycasino at gmail.com or uh, find us, of course, we're just cloudcitycasino at social. Um, you can find me over at Morris Isley on Twitter. And uh, Nate, where can you be found? Well, you can find my Star Wars Timeline Gold, the most comprehensive Star Wars chronology available anywhere over at StarWarsFanWorks.com slash Timeline. Uh, there are Facebook pages for that for Star Wars Beyond the Films that I do with Mark Herleman, also on StarWarsReport.com alongside Cloud City Casino. And probably for more of my more recent stuff, you can check out the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash User slash Chrono Radio, Chrono-like Chronology, where I have things like uh, Let's Play videos of lego star wars the force awakens campaign missions uh the battlefront livestream podcast as i call it the battlefront live streams where we talk about star wars and just chat and whatnot along the way all kinds of good stuff over there that's right then of course you can always find us at our home at starwarsreport.com we are also we are on itunes tune in and stitcher so you can always go over there and uh follow subscribe however you you have to do it with each little uh, player, and then go ahead and give us a written review. We would certainly appreciate that, and we can read that out on the show. So that's going to do it for this show, and uh, I guess we'll take it out by saying, Nate, let the Wookiee win.
Star Wars, Dark Forces, Soldier for the Empire. It is a time of rebellion. Across the galaxy, small bands of freedom fighters have come together to form an alliance to resist the tyranny of the Galactic Empire. On a thousand worlds, the struggle for freedom has begun. Dividing star systems, dividing planets, sometimes dividing father and son. On a moon called Sullen, orbiting the planet Sullust, a man called Morgan Katarn feels himself torn apart as the specter of civil war looms across the galaxy. While his son Kyle is receiving his education at the Imperial Academy, Morgan has secretly joined the rebellion in hopes of leading his people toward a more prosperous future. But Morgan Katarn soon learns the bitter truth that the Emperor's minions tolerate no resistance. Jen, above you! Jen! Crawl! They're gone, Morgan. Everybody fall back to the G-Tap. The Imperials are all over this place. Fall back! Morgan, what about you? There's something I've got to do first. Candace, is that protocol droid of yours still functioning? Affirmative, sir. You may call me AC. Right. You're with me, AC. The rest of you get back to the caves. But Morgan... Go! Fall back! Oh, you fall back! Fall back! Cannon moving. Let's go! Let's go! All right, AC, from everything they told me, you're wired for sound and video. That is correct, sir. I am capable of storing over 1,000 hours of digital media, including holographic projection. But if I may say so, sir, this is hardly the time to begin a documentary. It's the only time I've got. Start recording. Recording on, sir. This is Morgan Katarn, leader of the Rebels on Sullen, the only moon of Sullust. I don't have much time left, but with luck... This protocol droid will escape the battle and spread the images of this blood path to every planet in the galaxy. To make sure everyone knows our story, I'm recording exactly what happened. Nothing that happened this morning hinted at the disaster that's fallen on our heads. The worst thing I thought I'd have to deal with was a broken pump relay on my homestead. Ouija? Hey, Ouija! <laughs> there you are. Ouija, that pump relay on the south ridge is acting up again. I'm going out to fix it. No, I can handle it. I need you to stay around the farmhouse. Plug yourself into that monitor. You're in charge till I get back. Like I said, the morning started out quiet. Except that I ran into that blowhard Skork Jameson. That should have been my first sign of trouble. Hydra Spanish stuck again. Get that darn thing fixed before I get to the south ridge. Hey, Katarn! Oh, damn the father. Katarn! Katarn! Skorg Jameson, how goes the campaign for sector leader in this corner of the rebellion? Not so loud, Katarn. Last thing either one of us needs is more Imperial action on Sullen. Speaking of which, how's that son of yours? Still living the high life at the Imperial Military Academy? Learning to be a good little stormtrooper. He's getting an education, Skorg. That's all you have to know. Yeah, so you say. But I don't like the idea that the son of one of our top leaders is an Imperial. You're not gonna bring this up again. I got my son off this rock to make a better place for himself. And the only way greenies from the Outer Rim like us can move up is through the Academy. Besides, I've told you a thousand times, my son has no knowledge of my ties to the Rebellion. And if he did, he wouldn't turn us in. So you say, Now, if but... you'll excuse me, I've got work to do. Neither one of us knew that the Empire was working just as hard. <clears throat> this is Star Destroyer Vengeance to all escort craft. We are entering high orbit. I'll inform the captain. Should we inform Lord Jarek as well? Negative. Sucking up to that blue-skinned, spitting, polished Captain Thrawn's bad enough. <laughs> no kidding. 
You know, half the reason I signed up for the Imperial Navy is because I heard it was humans only. <laughs> now I end up serving under the only alien captain. Well, at least Thrawn looks human. Except for the blue skin and those red eyes. <laughs> hey, at least he has eyes. <laughs> you ever gotten close to Lord Jarek? Uh, Just empty sockets covered by a band of black leather. Doesn't stop him, though. I hear he's one of the Emperor's dark Jedis, hmm. but he keeps it to himself. He's supposed to be blind, but they say he sees everything. Except the galley, I'd say. <laughs> hey, does he ever eat? Looks like a walking skeleton, and he's always dressed in black. You know, between him and Captain Thrawn, they're leaving us black and blue. <laughs> Gentlemen. <coughs> Captain Thrawn, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Gentlemen, idle chatter does not become officers in His Imperial Majesty's Navy. It is especially unbecoming when those officers leave the comm channel open. Yes. Uh, sorry, sir. Report. Uh, the Vengeance is in high orbit, Captain. All 50 turbo laser batteries are online. Three of five TIE fighter squadrons are prepped, and both Gamma-class assault shuttles are on the deck. And, uh, Captain, if I may say so, sir, I apologize for any unseemly comments you might have overheard. Now, I'm sure in context... Enough, they Commander. Your xenocentric chauvinism is no concern of mine. I care about performance and results and your record is exemplary. I do not care about your petty bigotry. Understood? Understood, Captain. Oh, but Commander, if I ever find out that your bigotry is affecting your performance, I'll have your carcass ejected with the next garbage load. Understood? Understood, Captain. Thrawn out. <laughs> That'll teach officers to gossip up on the bridge. You handled that well, Captain Thrawn. Thank you, Lord Jarek. I was patronizing you, Captain. Yes, sir. Hmm. You are a most interesting specimen, Captain Thrawn. Sir? A total lack of ego. Pure calculation. You are an excellent tactician. It's no wonder you've risen so quickly. I predict you'll go far in the Emperor's Navy. Yes, sir. Although, confidentially, I... I believe your talents are wasted on the Emperor. Were another on the throne, I think you might receive even greater rewards. The Emperor is who he is. But forever? Palpatine is not the only man in the galaxy who can command the Force. But he is the only one who commands those who command it. For instance... He commands you, Lord Jerry. Mind your place, you blue-skinned fool. With the force, I could crush you where... <laughs> ah. Well done, Captain. Well done. It's not an easy task to make me lose my composure. You are indeed a formidable tactician. Yes, sir. I trust the probe has returned from the moon of Sullust. Yes, sir. There was no sign of a security breach. Surprise will be complete. The rebels won't know what hit them. The dropship is ready? Yes, Lord Jarek. The rebel insignias have been fixed to the ship's hull. Excellent. You may begin your attack, Consulan. Yes, sir. One more thing, Captain. Sir? I want Morgan Catan. Alive. I was on the south ridge of my farm when the first wave hit. At first, I thought it was just some dumb pilot, so blind he couldn't see the spaceport. But then I saw the way the ship was flying, coming in low, accelerating all the way, like it was reaching attack velocity. The farm two kilometers from mine went up in a flash. I can't be sure, but I think there were children inside. At first, I thought it was pirates. The ship looked like a junk heap. But for a junk heap, it flew pretty well. I've never seen pirates shoot like those murderers. I managed to get out my electro-binoculars. I recorded some of the action. And I've included it in the protocol droid's memory banks. I can't say it brings me much happiness. Because the next thing I saw was a ship dust down in my front yard. And a squad of thugs pour out. They all wore rebel insignias, but check the tape. You'll see they aren't rebels. Every one of them was human. And every one of them carried the same state-of-the-art weapons. If wherever that well-equipped, this war will take a turn for the better, in my opinion. 
Anyway, they tore through the place, cut my droid Ouija in half, but they didn't blast it. They weren't just a wipeout team. They were searching for rebels. For me. This party's over.